two weeks ago, Wednesday night, we started a kind of a study of having the eyes of our heart enlightened, opened by the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I said that uh, if Lord willing, I will come and I will conclude what I had started. And uh, it's very interesting. I go to, to Luke chapter 24. And on the way there, you can just go over to the next page. Come and see was kind of the title, the title, the title of the uh, the study. And so, in John one thirty nine, it's very interesting. John the Baptist has been teaching. He is a, a rabbi. He's a teacher, and uh, it says there in uh, verse thirty nine, it says that uh, Jesus said. Come, he replied, and you will see. Because Andrew and John, the disciple, they were the disciples of John the Baptist, and they heard something that their that their teacher, their rabbi, said. It says, Look, the Lamb of God. And this was what they had a long time been searching for. And so Jesus just, you know, he just kind of looks at them, turns around, come, he replied, and you will see. And so they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. Mm -hmm. Hmm. That day. When you spend time with Jesus, you are going to experience things that you really never expected to experience. Amen. And so in uh, going over to Luke 24, it's, it's interesting as we study the, the Gospels that Jesus is telling them the disciples, and especially those that are going to be the apostles. He is, he's instructing them. He's teaching them. He spends extra time with them. And yet, it doesn't seem to be sinking in. And I'm sure Jesus was fully human. He was fully God. But there were times that Jesus got upset oh, yeah. with the people around him, with the people in the temple, uh, with the money changers. And so he, there, there were things that he responded to. And he wanted his departure to go smoothly. Hmm, I've heard that someplace else. But uh, anyway... I can't get off on that, but here we are. Jesus tells them in Luke 24, verse 44. 
And he said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. You see, sometimes we have to be reminded of the things that we've been told. We have to be reminded of the things that we hear, that we are being taught. We are people, we just need to be reminded people sometimes. Amen. And so he said, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything, everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And that's, that's very interesting. This is Jesus. He said everything that the prophets, that Moses, the law, has spoken about me, he said everything will be fulfilled to the letter. He said, even the prophets, when they were speaking that, uh, he said, and the Psalms. So all of these contain things about Jesus. And so we need to be reminded from time to time that, uh, that everything that Scripture has to say about prophecy, about God, about the things that are going to happen, that will happen that they will come about. Amen. You can put your very life on that. And he says that, uh, verse 45 says, then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. Hmm, that's interesting. How many of you understand all the scriptures you have read over the few years that you've been reading and so th th this there's there's things that stick out to me that I want to search out and I want to look but this right here and he opened their minds I, I wonder why Jesus had to open their minds may I suggest it might be that because the Holy Spirit hadn't come yet. And so Jesus is here and he is, he just, he, I want you to understand these scriptures. And he told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. There was not a one of them that actually well let me let me ask you a question how many of you believe all the scripture yeah. how, how many Amen. that we we believe everything that's written in the Bible mm -hmm. but we don't understand the word believe okay and that is something that you need to search out because if we if we believed everything that was written in scripture we would follow it to the letter Amen. But we don't. We're human. God created us. And, and that's what's so beautiful about God, that he understands, he created us. And uh, I have to, one more time, I've got to share this with you. I want to call it the Psalm 104 verse 24 project. Because there is no one here within the sound of my voice 
that really thinks you're all of that and a bag of chips, okay? And and you have to be old like me to understand where that, you know, that <laughs> King James Version type talk comes from. But it, it's like this. In Psalms 104.24, it says, We were made with wisdom. God created us. And He did that with wisdom. And this is, this is very important because most of us are critical of ourselves and others. How many of you looked in the mirror and you go, wow, God, you couldn't have done any better than this right here. <laughs> if you didn't talk to me after church and tell me what, you know, what hairspray or cologne you're wearing or whatever. But he says, but we, we're, we're critical of ourselves. And what if it just stopped there, that wouldn't be so bad. But then we look at other people and we are critical there too. How many times has someone made you feel worthless? I mean, th th this, is, this is real. If we don't own up to it, and if we don't own it, we will never get it straightened out. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I call this the Psalms 104 verse 24 project. Because that's something that I've struggled with. So anybody ever told you you were stupid? In different languages? <laughs> with facial expressions or mm -hmm. you know or did they just get in your face and say are you there the lights on but are you home <laughs> you know yeah and if you haven't just experiment with somebody after church tonight <laughs> but not from church so when you get home uh, people tell us that we're worthless that we're ugly the world, our flesh, and the enemy will speak these lies over you until you believe them. And that's where that I'm gullible. I don't know about you, but I'm gullible. But guess who speaks that into our lives and over our lives until we believe it? The father of all lies yeah. who is the source that's behind all of this. Because, let me tell you again, we were made with wisdom. Amen. This is important. Very Amen. important. And so we have to mark that in our Bibles. Uh, if you mark in your Bibles, Psalms 104, verse 24. And uh, we, we look at that. You're not a mistake. You're not ugly. You're not worthless. Yeah. For God created you yes. with wisdom. Amen. Wow. Amen. He created us with wisdom. You know how I know? Because no one pays such a high price for something that is worthless. Amen. Amen. And he, oh, he paid the highest price for us. Yes, he did. And, and that's exciting. Amen. So we have to remember that. But that is a good scripture to mark and just when you get discouraged or you're down or you have a bad hair day or a bad face day or just a bad day, God created us Hallelujah. with wisdom you, and for Jesus. a purpose. Thank you, Jesus. And he's going to see it through in our lives that we come and we fulfill that purpose.
the disciples, this, this is a hard time for the disciples because over the past few weeks, this is right after the resurrection, uh, the disciples had been on this emotional roller coaster. They had, within the past few weeks, witnessed their leader, Jesus, open blind eyes and perform miracles. Yes. And, you know, and I, as I was reading that, I got to thinking, it was easier, I think, for us back in the 50s to believe in miracles because there was a move of the miraculous going throughout the world, especially in the United States. The Gordon Lindsay, uh, R.W. Shambaugh, all of these guys. I mean, God was, I mean, Oil Roberts especially, because I mean, we, you know, he's in our neighborhood or his, his college is. And, and we look at that. And when blind eyes were opened, I've never seen blind eyes open. Mm-hmm. I would like to see it. I would like to be there. Because there's something when a miracle takes place that it excites the inside. Amen. Our spirit being. And, and it causes us to kind of set up a little straighter and, and take note. But they watched these blind eyes. They watched the lame, you know, get up and walk and jump and leap and all of these things. And they were there when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. They watched him, especially Peter, James, and John, watched him with heaviness upon his life. Because he took those three, those were the inner three disciples. And as you look at what happens in the future in their lives, you will see they were future leaders and all that. All of the apostles were. But he goes to the garden. He wants to kind of separate himself, but still he just, you know, just just stay here and I'll go a little bit further in the in the garden. And they could hear, there's no doubt in my mind, as fervently as Jesus was praying and as he was talking to his father, that they couldn't but hear what he was saying. But there, <clears throat> there's something that happens. This, this depression had kind of started settling in on, on the uh, disciples. And... Something happens when we get distressed or whatever. We we have a tendency, we want to sleep. We want to close our eyes. We want to kind of shut out all these things. But they were there, and he came back three times and said, couldn't, couldn't you just pray an hour? Yeah. Couldn't you just tarry with me for an hour? And I... I there, you couldn't help but see the agony and, and, and the things that were going through Jesus because we have a tendency for it to show up on our face when we're experiencing emotional things in our lives. They were there when the soldiers came to take him away. And it's so powerful because when Jesus spoke, it was cool. He spoke to him. He said, here I am. 
and the soldiers, the crowd, fell backwards. Now that would get my attention. And I think it would kind of resuscitate a little, you know, hope or, or something that, uh, you know, that was in my spirit that, hey, this is not going to turn out kind of like we thought maybe it was. But they were there when the soldiers came and took him away. They were watching in the distance as the angry crowd cried, crucify him. Now, a week earlier, this was the same crowd that was, you know, this is, this is our king. Yeah. This is our king. So that's why that we learn through Scripture we don't become dependent upon people. Now, we love them, we share lives with them and all that, but they are not our God. We don't worship them. Amen. Because there will come a point in time where that... Just like this crowd, they went from, you know, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord, to crucify this guy. Wait a minute, he's your king. You still got palm branch green stuff on your hands. You know, they were near as he was beaten. You remember Moses, that uh, some of his uh, people were getting beaten? And he didn't like it, and he went and he killed this Egyptian. And then the next day, they're quarreling again and all that. And, you know, they say, well, who made you, you know, our ruler or whatever they, they said there in Scripture. They were near as he was beaten. And eventually placed upon a cross to die. No doubt they were dealing with these mixed emotions. And I promise you they were confused about the events that had taken place, that were taking place that very day, and that would, in the days coming, it would, they would, they would have to be confused. It's kind of like us today. You know, Lord, uh, I prayed... And I believed with all my heart that you was going to come and you was going to do something in the crisis that we're going through. And I just knew because there were prophets, you know, stating that, uh, you know, that this president's going to be placed back in the office and all. We can't, we can't depend upon men you see, there's all kinds of prophets, and that's why that we have to be careful who we listen to because there are those that are called pillar prophets, and it's not Mike Lindell, okay? <laughs> he just sells pillars, okay? <laughs> they had these mixed emotions. They're confused, and these things were happening, happening one right after another. That's what's happening to us. So we need to know, we need to know where to turn to. We need the Spirit to reveal to us the things that we need to accomplish, we need to do in our, you know, our lives. And so we have to look at the emotional contrast of the Scriptures. And then we go to Luke 34, verse 38. Go back up to 38. 
And he said to them, why are you troubled? You see, Jesus has been resurrected. They're meeting, and he comes in their midst. They're behind locked doors. The disciples are there. And he just, you know, he comes in, and they think they saw a ghost. Why are you troubled? Why do doubts rise in your minds? And then he says and does something. He said, look, my hands, my feet. And later on, we will hear more about hands and feet as, can it? You just don't know who you'll hear it from. But it could be me or it could be Crystal or whatever because... There, there is something that as you study scripture, you find out about hands and feet. It's kind of like the feet thing is that how lovely on the mountains are the feet of them who bring good news. Amen. And the hands, just think about the hands in, in, in the Christian aspect, the realm of it. We lay hands on people to get healed. We lay hands on, on people to, you know, to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, just our hands are a very important ministry. You see, that's one thing that stood out about Jesus, that when he went and was confronted or, or found lepers, he laid his hands on them. Yes, he did. And so that's why that I, I, I feel kind of confused in my spirit, you know, why, why are they saying, you know, you don't, you've got to keep six feet away, you can't do this and that and all that. Because laying on of hands, the feet of them who bring good news, all of that. But this is in your time when you get alone with God and you just say, all right, God, and I'm talking about the Holy Spirit, God. You do realize He's equal with yes. the Father and the Son, okay? Okay. But He just, you know, He's 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 concerned about Him. He goes in there, and and while they still did not believe, because of joy and amazement, He asks them, "Do you have anything here to eat?" Because, see, they thought it might be a ghost. Well, ghost doesn't have flesh. Ghost doesn't have bones and all of that. So they gave him a piece of broiled fish. And he took it and ate it in their presence. Hmm. And then he said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything is going to be. It must be. It will be fulfilled. So everything that's in Scripture, that's why that we are looking to the leadership. We, we, want, we want some, you know, we want those under-shepherds and those shepherds that take care of us. We want them to understand, I am a sheep. Anybody else in here a sheep? Yeah. yeah. Did you know... And have you heard throughout Scripture where sheep are to be burden bearers? We're, we're not, sheep were not created to be burden bearers. That's why 
The Lord is my shepherd. Amen. I shall not want. That's why that He has placed in the church the under-shepherds, our pastors, the, the teachers, the leaders, so that we don't have to bear these burdens that trouble us, that through the Spirit that they can come and they can minister life to us. But I love this. He said, so he opened their minds so that they could understand. I, uh, he takes them, they're at Bethany, they're at Mount Olivet, he's there with them, and they, you know, they, they're there, and as he is pronouncing a blessing on them, he disappears into the sky, okay? And it's interesting because these two men that are dressed in white, they're there, and they just speak to those that had gathered, and they just say to them, why, why are you still gazing into the sky? Because this same Jesus, yeah that has left is coming back in this very same Amen. manner. Amen. Amen. But Jesus had told them, he says, I want you to go to Jerusalem and I want you to stay there because I am leaving and as he blesses them and goes up, they remember what he says. Most of them probably did. He said, I want you to go and I'm going to send yeah. to you the promise of the Father, Amen. our Father. Amen. And so here they are, they're at Bethany. They are excited, they hear this, they see Jesus ascend. This is another miracle. He just disappears in the cloud. And <clears throat> he goes on up. And they start worshiping and praising Jesus right there. Yeah. But somebody, the one of the leaders says, we got to get to Jerusalem. And so it was about three quarters of a mile. And so this is on the Sabbath and you can't, you know, do a whole bunch of stuff on the Sabbath, but you can walk back to where they were staying. And they're, they're excited. People like the blessings of Bethany. Yeah. I mean, we have seen Jesus. Yeah. We have been with Him. He has told us. He has opened our minds so that we can understand what's going on. Man, let's just build some huts here. Let's just hang out at Bethany. Come on. But Jesus told them, He said, I don't want you yeah. to just be satisfied with the Bethany yes. blessing. Amen. He says... Because there are some things that are so powerful that's going to happen to you Amen. when you go ahead and you go into Jerusalem and you go to where you're staying and you stay there until that that is promised by the Father, the Pentecost, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Yes. They didn't know when it was going to happen. You know, there if there had been some theologians there, they could have figured it out, but they were all at the temple and they cared less what was going on. 
they, you know. But anyway, that that's another message. But we we look at this. They're excited, and so they have to go get back into Jerusalem. Go in there because we are praising Jesus. We don't really understand everything that's going on, but we're beginning to understand Scripture because He spoke into my spirit and He says, I am giving you the understanding of Scripture. Amen. So they go. So probably about the second day, it gets kind of old. How many of you have participated in a 10-day, you know, gathering at the church and spending an hour a day at the church. And you get there, you've heard our pastor talk about it. You pray about three minutes and you think it's been an hour or whatever, and you look and it's three minutes. You know, I'm reminded when uh, I was, uh, when I was a youth pastor, I have youth pastor stories too. But they were having a, uh, in Abilene, Texas, they was having, a, a, it was the first of the year, and they were praying. And so the, the staff pastor would go to the church and they would, they would pray, you know. And so my, my most favorite uh, staff pastor, he said, you know, he, he said, I got to pray. And he said, I prayed everything I've heard our pastor talk about, prayed about everything. And he said, it finally got to where I was just going, Oh, oh God. Yeah. And just stretching it out for an hour. How long can you stretch out, oh God? But anyway, that, but, that, but that's it. And so these prayer meetings are important and we need to participate. Amen. But I like, he said, did he open the vines to understand the scriptures? And he said to them that... Uh, Christ would suffer, rise again on the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Yes. There is, how many of you know who W.A. Criswell is? He is one of the most powerful pastors that First Dallas Baptist has ever had. And he was there for 50 years. You could see over, over the last two or three years of his life, you could see there had begun a change in his life. But in, in uh, W.A. Criswell, in the Acts of an Exposition, Volume 1, Chapters 1 through 8, that uh, he quotes Dwight L. Moody. And Dwight says, I believe that Pentecost was but a specimen day. I believe it was just a one time, a specimen, a special day. Then he says, I think the church has made a large mistake in believing that Pentecost was a miracle not to be repeated. This is what that I want to happen 
in the world that we live in. I I don't want to hear about global warming. I don't want to hear any of that. I want to hear where the people says, you know, Pentecost was more than just that one time experience. Amen. And in these last days, there is a great awakening that is taking place. There is something that is happening in all the denominations. And the Spirit, the Spirit is going to come out in full force because we know not what to do. We don't know what to do. That's right. We're, you know, we just, we just come and say, Lord, you know, uh, I'm going to just sit in your presence until you tell me what to do. And five minutes later, we're up making a peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> anyway, I guess he wants me to eat a peanut butter sandwich and then he'll come here or whatever. But, but, it's good. but there is coming a breakthrough. Amen. I, I, I like, I like the, The gifts of the Spirit. Yes. There is something that we need to understand as a church, not as a denomination, because the baptism in the Holy Spirit is not for a denomination. Amen. It's for the church. Amen. Amen. So, anyway, Robert Henderson has a book out, and it's about the gifts of tongues tongues is the entrance into the supernatural realm it only comes with the supernatural realm it's the entrance into it how many of you would love to see miracles we'd love to see all kinds great movements of the spirit in our services and, and it moves us outside our comfort zones and all of this this is what it it's the entrance but we need to be offered the opportunity to be baptized in the holy spirit you can't send off to springfield missouri and and get a baptism in the holy spirit kit you can't you can learn about it but you have to have the opportunity it is more exciting than we let on sometimes. Yeah, amen. It's the entrance into the supernatural. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit is something that we need to fully understand. One time I was at the altar praying in my, in my latter years of pastoring and the deacon was praying next to me and he after we got through dismissed, he said, I heard you praying to the Holy Spirit. You're not supposed to do that. I said, who told you that? Well, that's just what I've understood. Well, you've misunderstood. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, this guy became a gifted Sunday school teacher. He was a change. But that's what it's all about. We need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. The day of Pentecost is for the church. The church. And we must participate. We must encourage. We must just, I mean, if 
you need that. You need that experience. And no, it's not a one-time experience. It's something, it is a lifestyle that will take you from here to there in ways that you can't even explain. Yes. But you know what? There's not a hunger for the Holy Spirit anymore. Yeah, come on. I think this is why the church is going through what it's going through. Because, do you know pain makes us aware of something is missing or something's wrong in our very being? And so we need to spend more time preaching, encouraging praying for our, our loved ones, for those that we attend church with. We need to pray for them that there will be this hunger for the Holy Spirit yes. because there is so much that God wants to do Amen. in the church, through the church, by the church. And the church, sometimes we wonder, how come we're not as powerful as we used to be? Well, number one, it's because we're trying to live off of big, powerful experiences we had 10, 15, 20 years ago. And th this is a day by day. This is an ongoing. This is progressive. Yeah. And God wants to do things. We will never use up the miracles God wants to happen to this place through the Holy Spirit. Amen. But it has to come through hunger. Hunger. Amen. So maybe in this prayer, this 21 days of, of, of fasting and praying, maybe we could just say, God, you know, maybe I don't hunger and thirst for the supernatural power of God. But if this is all there is, you know, I'm glad that it'll get us to heaven, I guess. But man, we're going to be bored stiff if we don't get a hunger for the Holy Spirit. Yes. Amen. Amen. I like Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 10, and Acts chapter 19 talks about where the Spirit was poured out on numbers, a group of people together. Yes. I like it. I like I like on the day of Pentecost. They were in one accord, they were praying, and I mean they started praising God in, in, in this language and I mean, it, it's exciting and it propelled them on into being the first church. Peter and Cornelius's house, the Gentiles, they get they, they get their opportunity to have a Gentile Pentecost. And it's exciting. And, and, and I've said it before. Peter didn't even get to finish his message. And he was, you know. Yeah. Uh, so what if he did put his foot in his mouth? Sometimes we need to be entertained a little bit. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> the newness of life requires the Holy Spirit. Amen. It requires that. We, that's what we have to have. Are you discouraged? Are you depressed? Are you disillusioned? So I will challenge you. Watch the news 
with caution. Don't binge watch. Don't watch. Just watch the news responsibly. That's what they say about you know other beverages and stuff. But when we desire the presence of God, the Holy Spirit into our lives, we step into the secret places of God. Where the revelations of do you realize what God wants to reveal to us? We don't we don't because we're not hungry, but we need more of God. Amen. We need more of God that we can come and that we can step in those secret places of God and where He just says, you know, I'm going to open your understanding of Scripture. Yes. When we pray in the Spirit, we can move mountains because the, the prayers are being expressed out of the very heart of God. Because when we don't know how to pray, we pray and the Holy Spirit prays through us. Yes. That's the heart of God. And you talk about moving some mountain. You want to move a mountain? Just start praying what's on God's heart as He Amen. places it in your heart. Right. And I promise you, yes. you will not only be hungry, you will be pursuing yes. the kingdom of God with energy. And that's exactly what we have need of. How many of you have seen and watched different congregations, different denominations react and respond to the Holy Spirit? Anybody ever anybody ever see anybody run the aisle? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, did you know that there's more to the Holy Spirit than just running the Amen. aisle? That's right. Hmm. That's right. There's more than goosebumps when God's presence shows up in such a powerful way yes. that it takes that burden that we weren't even created to be carrying anyway when He lifts that off yeah. of us. and yeah. I mean, it just automatically produces goosebumps. This is a must-have baptism of Amen. the Holy Spirit. Amen. We need that. We need that. We need the supernatural acts of God to come because people have, you know, if, if they've looked around, they've heard about it, they've been scared off about it and all this stuff. But would you come to the realization like W.A. Criswell and he said, it's not just a one-time experience. Yeah. It will transform your life and whatever faces us, trials, whatever it is, that the Holy Spirit will lead us through. He will give us revelations that we need to experience. Amen. He opened their understanding to the Scriptures. Concerning His purpose for coming. Did you know Jesus really didn't come to perform miracles? Yeah. He really didn't. I mean that that's just part of who he is. He has compassion. But he came and it tells us in Luke nineteen and ten, it says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why he said, I want it to I want you to be empowered with the baptism of the Holy Spirit 
because it's going to start right here in Jerusalem yes. and it's going to go. It is even yes. one of these days, one of those days past. It showed up in Tulsa and yeah. Collinsville, Oklahoma. Hallelujah. And I'm glad. And I was really glad when it showed up in Bella because I got some of that. Yeah. And it was exciting. And, and I don't, we've just, we've just kind of, we, we've let the enemy kind of rock us, put us to sleep or something. But you know what? I found out that there's more for humanity than just the miraculous birth of Jesus. Oh, and by the way, just to, you know, just to burst your bubble and get your, you know, your blood circulating. Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. <laughs> there was more for mankind than the incredible life that Jesus lived. Hmm. It, we can. We can live it through Him. There was even more for humanity than Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. There was more for humanity than Jesus' ascension. Amen. There was more for the disciples than just the blessing that He spoke on the disciples at Bethany. Yes. Move from Bethany to your Pentecost. And that's all I got to say about that.